Brought to you by a paid advertisement for the Riftborn Kickstarter. I've been, I've been thinking about how to build a D&D group this, this morning for no reason in particular. And um, any, for yeah, who cares? I, I have a working strategy on how to build weekly Dungeons & Dragons groups that, is, that last a few years. And I've, I've done it a couple of times. Um, and in, in general, that works pretty well. So I figured, you know, I have tips. And if I put those tips in a numbered format, well, I think you know what happens. Tip number one, the double shot. The greatest fantasy in all of D&D has nothing to do with dragons or magic or wizards or rogues or classes or anything. It's actually just the premise that you'll somehow convince your friends to commit every Sunday from now until forever on the vague and totally unproven premise that it's gonna be fun. They need to have fun playing D&D so you can convince them to play D&D on a regular basis. You can't just go up to people and like, let's start a D&D group every Sunday for forever. You're my new best friends and you can't hang out with anyone else on Sundays from now on. They'll be like, oh, I'm really busy on Sundays. <laughs> or you'll get stuck in the, how's the 30th? Oh no, I, I, I'm I busy on the 30th, but what if the 31st? Oh no, okay, well let's do it next month. Which is code for never. That's where the double shot comes in. Because nobody who isn't already playing weekly wants to commit to a weekly game. Ask them to come and play D&D this weekend. That's important. Bring them in quick. And then lure them in with a two-session-long adventure. Everybody can commit to two weeks. That's easy. Pace it out more like a movie. Drop them in the middle of the action. Use big set pieces, obvious goals, obvious obstacles, and at least one interesting twist. At the end of the double shot, give them some magic trash that matches their build and makes them think of all the cool shit that they could do at higher levels. The double shot is great for sorting out the people who are interested and not interested in the game because nobody likes running a game for people who don't give a shit. It's the worst. A week or two later, figure out the people who meshed well and enjoyed the game and reinvite them for a new game, a new story, which features the same characters. <laughs> this time, slightly longer adventure. Slowly run bigger and bigger arcs with shorter and shorter breaks until the assumption just becomes, Sunday is game day. Or at least it was. One last ticket before it's gone. One last summer. <coughs> Tip number two. Oh, Captain, my Captain. Generally, with a few exceptions, if the number of games you've played in a campaign is outnumbered by the number of games your group has rescheduled or missed, your campaign is dead. So to prevent this, in my experience, every group that doesn't fizzle needs at least one captain. It doesn't necessarily have to be the DM, but it's usually the DM. And if I'm the captain, unless of course there's like some genuine emergency, I show up without fail for at least the first four to six months. It sets a tone and that tone is, I'm here to DM every week and whoever shows up, we're gonna play a game. Uh, you know, if they, sh if they show up. One last ticket before it's gone One last summer before it's fall Tip number three! Not too few, and not too many. To me, the perfect group size is two to three players in a DM. To get that, you usually need at least one super reliable player, 
And then you can usually fill out the rest with about four regular players and they'll occasionally miss. But I also suggest that if you have more than two players, the game goes on. Hand wave the absent characters and have fun. You know, as long as nobody quits forever. Honest lie before the truth. Tip number four. Nail those sweet, sweet periffs. If or when you can safely play in person, sugar crash dehydrated players miss plot points, so nail those periphery elements, right? Healthy snacks for the first half of the game, sugar rush for the second, keep the coffee flowing, make sure everyone stays hydrated, make sure that you give enough like breaks to people, usually about 15 minutes every hour and a half works, depending on the length of the game. I also used to make brownies for the second half so that the apartment smelled great and felt homey and, and fun. Um, in, in, in digital games, which by the way, are most of the games that I play, nailing the peripheries is more about making sure that everybody has, that's weird. Remember, this isn't the ND. Larry Moore uses D6s. If you only got one, here's some dice breaks. Backstabbing sacks of shit! I was working with your story hooks. I made custom factions. But why come to my fucking birthday game when you could come to Larry's homebrew extravaganza? And look at these fucking sheets! They look like they were made on a goddamn typewriter! Oh. You made me a character? Uh, surprise. surprise. Yeah. I'm sorry. Tip number five. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter whether you're playing D&D or Blades in the Dark or Monopoly or, you know, what matters is who. Zip it's here and he's ready to rip it. Oh. Brought to you by a paid advertisement for the Riftborn Champions of the Multiverse Kickstarter. It's a whole 5e book built around boss battles with an arena mode and a plasma mechanic, tons of unique items, minis, and more. Links in the description.